Now, 2024 looks like it will be a busy year, both from a national and international perspective and politics in Ireland. We will have two referenda in March, followed by local and European elections in June. Well, a general election could also be on the cards at some point. Uh, meanwhile, there's a very strong chance of a general election across the Irish Sea in the UK. Well, the next US presidential election will definitely take place in November. Here to gaze into his political crystal ball for us is the political commentator Sean McKiernan, who's on the line now. Sean, good morning to you. Uh, hello, Alan, and hello to all your listeners in County Clare and everyone listening online as well. Thank you very much for being with us, Sean, and plenty to get through. So, look, I suppose we'll take it in some sort of chronological order. We'll begin with the 8th of March when the two referendums, referenda, whatever you want to, uh, word you want to use uh, on family and care will be taking place. I just wonder, Sean, is there, a fe- again, the feeling that the, we could see a low turnout for these two referendums of referenda. I don't know, is it to do with, and this is something touched on uh, recently on the show, that maybe there's a lack of information out there or there's a sense, I don't know, just that the general public either aren't fully informed as what to these as to what these referenda are about, and I know there will be information coming out soon, or they're just not enthused by them. I think there's a couple of things that feed into this, Alan. Um, I think, obviously, the Irish people haven't had a chance to express their democratic view on any matter, be it political or be it referenda, in the last four years. But if you look at the decade prior to that, uh, we had an awful lot of referenda now on some very key social issues that really motivated the country and motivated people who don't normally get involved in politics, but also European referenda and kind of tweaking with the Constitution in ways people didn't understand or didn't think was necessary. So, for instance, the Shannon referendum, which people thought was going to be, um, you know, an immediate win for Enda Kenny, and it turned out not to be. And things like the children's referendum, um, where, you know, despite the huge legacy we have in this country of child abuse um, and of problems with the religious orders and indeed non-religious actors as well in that whole area, uh, that referendum passed very narrowly. So I think um, the government and and civic society people who are promoting uh, these referenda on the 8th of March, which is International Women's Day, uh, should take nothing for granted. Could these referenda backfire for the government? Could people use it as a way to, to, to give them a bloody nose? They could possibly, because as I've said, it's four years since people have expressed their view at the ballot box. The only exception to that is the people of Dublin Bay South, who who had a by-election when Owen Murphy, if people remember that name, uh, when Owen Murphy decided to call it a day in politics and there was a by-election there. So that's been the only election we've had in the last four years in this country. Um, And I suppose maybe, and I, I don't want to sound cynical, maybe there is logic and strategy in the government's approach to this in that people might exercise their dissatisfaction in the referenda uh, and that perhaps some of that energy um, and, and you know and some of that momentum will have will have stopped by the time you, you get to the local and European elections but I, I think that's a challenge with referenda you know people often answer a different question to the one they're being asked and we, we, we've seen that with, with Nice and the Lisbon treaties in this country in regards to European referenda. We saw it in Britain eight years ago with the Brexit referendum, where where people were answering a kind of a different question about immigration, particularly by immigration from non-whites into Britain, uh, which had absolutely nothing to do with with the structures or or the the treaties of the European Union. I just wonder with Brexit, that's a good example, Sean, in that there was a... 
maybe a lack of information out there for ahead of that referendum, but also misinformation. Thinking of the uh, Leave campaigns bus with the you know it'll say it'll uh, free up an extra three hundred and fifty million pounds um, for for the NHS, which turned out to just be nonsense. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I don't particularly want to get into the debate around the merits of, of voting yes or no in, in, in the referendum for, for reasons you will understand, Alan. But I think there is huge potential for mischief here. I think there's huge potential for actors who are trying to import the kind of the, the language and the methodology of the culture wars we see in America into this country and import it into our politics. And I, and I don't think that's a good thing. So there's a lot of potential for misinformation and disinformation. Now, I suppose on the other side, we we now have a standing electoral commission. So in in the past, you had referendum commissions that, you know, that were created for particular referenda and stood themselves down after that. We now have an electoral commission that will look after all elections and referenda in this country and sees as part of its remit. And in legislation, it is part of its remit. you know, to educate voters, but also do research into into the challenges that democracy, democracy faces and, and how to make voting and democracy more accessible to people. Okay, we'll move on to the local elections. And we know five years ago, uh, from a national perspective, um, it left smiles on the faces of Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. They ended up with 279 and 255 seats, respectively, both going up from the previous elections in 2014. However, it was a disaster for Sinn Féin. They lost 78 seats, ended up with 81, and um, kind of, I suppose, re- reflected in Clare, the 13 Fianna Fáil, 8 Fine Gael, 1 Sinn Féin, 1 Green and 5 Independents. I just wonder the way in which the 2019 local elections and then the subsequent general election nine months later in 2020 went were very different. Uh, can we look at opinion polls since the last general election and assume, and I know you know what they say about assuming, uh, that they'll be reflected in the outcome of this year's local elections? Well, look, I mean, opinion polls are, are great. And, and, and you know this from interviewing politicians, Adam, and I was one, that when, when opinion polls are good, uh, there's huge enthusiasm and trust in them. And when they're not so good, all sorts of queries are raised about the methodology, etc. So, I mean, what really counts is elections and who turns up on the day. And, and I mean, turnout and getting your base out is incredibly important. And we see that with the primaries and caucuses in, in America as well, to some extent. Um, I think... Whilst obviously we tend to look at local and European elections as kind of midterm elections, to use the American phraseology, or kind of midterm reviews of the health of a government and the health of the parties within the government, you know, there are, there are exceptions to that. So, you know, if you look at 1999, mediocre enough result for Fianna Fáil, 2004, very bad result for Fianna Fáil in local elections, and it kind of led to a, a big shake-up in, in Bertie Hearn's government that time. But after both those local elections, 99 and 04, Bertie Hearn nearly won an overall majority in 02 and 07. So they're not always a reliable marker about what's going to happen to a government. And I think likewise, Sinn Féin's experience on the last occasion where they got only 9% of the vote, lost almost half their council seats, and yet had that stunning reversal in, in the Dáil election um, only about six or seven months later. Yeah, and I wonder then if we move on to the possibility of a general election this year. Before I ask you whether you think we will get one, we, we've seen the opinion polls since the 2020 general election on. They've been very consistent. Sinn Féin 
leading the way in all of them and have been in or around 30% even a fortnight ago. The latest Sunday Indo-Ireland Things poll, they went up two points to third. They're at 30%. Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael respectively dropping to 17 and 20%. Uh, and then um, the Green Party, another one uh, who've remaining at 3%. The Independents up 3 to 17%. Again, is there a danger of reading too much into that? It depends, I suppose, how long the general election is away from uh, the mo- the moment we're talking at now, but do you do you see Sinn Féin winning the most seats? Well, I think you had a situation uh, maybe 12 months ago where Sinn Féin were in the range of, of 35, almost into the late 30s, touching 40% in opinion polls. So they have dropped back. I suppose that will be, or should be, a source of concern to them. And I do wonder, both in terms of their local and general election strategy, I, I think they have to be cautious and they're unlikely to take advice from me, but you know, I think they do have to be cautious in that, you know, I think the lesson they learned from 2020 was that they had too few candidates, but if you begin to produce large tickets on the basis of, of being in the mid or late thirties, and that's not what happens on the day, you can actually hurt yourself badly. And that is actually what happened to them in 2019, where they were over ambitious. And I suppose I can think of examples in my part of the country where they were over ambitious and actually lost all of their seats in an electoral area. So I think that's a concern. But I think the headline that will come out of the local elections uh, is that um, is that they are, I mean, coming from such a low base, they're inevitably going to make gains. So there, there's going to be a sense of momentum uh, coming out of the local elections for Sinn Féin, even, even if it doesn't match what opinion polls have been saying. Housing and health were seen as the two big issues for the next general election. I suppose immigration now is going to feature in there as well, even though I'm sure housing is the 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 the, the, the main issue in people's minds. I mean, undoubtedly, it is. I mean, it is coming up. It's taking up much more of the airtime. Um, you know, fears around it, and also the way that certain. Uh, entities and parties and by parties I, I don't necessarily mean our mainstream parties but how people are trying to manipulate as you saw that in terms of the Dublin riots you've seen that in terms of some of the protests around the country and I think like on the Tonight Show last night you had uh, Marion Harkin who'd be considered a very reasonable middle of the road independent TD and former former MEP kind of criticising the government um, on their approach and I think you know is someone who tends to vote with the government so I think when you when you see someone like her sounding note of caution I think the government does need to assess uh, its strategy both its strategy around communications but also its strategy around how it's actually attempting to house people. Do you think we are going to see a general election this year? Uh, there's a bit, you know, a lot of talk that the government may uh, give us a, a, a nice budget uh, in the latter, the latter quarter of the year and then go with a, an election as uh, soon after that as possible to maybe uh, get some of the sunshine, the sun rays from that budget. Uh, well, firstly, if I had a euro for every time someone had a theory and offered a theory about an early general election, a snap general election, <laughs> I'd be very wealthy man. I think the second thing is that I think since the crash, since the recession of 20, you know, 07, 08, 09, etc., I think since that period was very traumatic for, for Irish society and Irish politics, I think people are smarter. I don't think they're as inclined to be bribed with their own money in, in budgets. So. I think you, you don't tend to see a bounce for budgets um, in terms of opinion polling after generally. And if it's there, it doesn't tend to last for very long. I tend to err on the Conservative side. I think the government will try and stay in as long as possible, which brings you up to March 2025. And I think the reason they'll do that is to maximise 
and ramp up as high as possible the amount of housing that's available for sale and, and they'll also be hoping and calculating that that will have an impact on, on the rents being asked for. Okay, we'll finish by looking across the Atlantic to the US and the Republican caucuses at the moment. We know Trump romped home in Iowa. Since then, Ron DeSantis has pulled out, so Trump's main opposition is Nikki Haley. Up next is New Hampshire. Um, But it looks as if uh, it's going to be very difficult for uh, Haley to become the Republican nominee. Trump even has a lead over her in her own home state of North Carolina. Is it inevitable that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee? And if so, does he stand a good chance of defeating Joe Biden in a presidential election? Or, you know, people feel Biden has been a bit lacklustre and also his re-election campaign hasn't really gotten off the ground. He's faced um, criticism for his staunch support of Israel, but there are a certain cohort who would vote for him just purely to keep Trump out of office. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's inevitable that Trump will be uh, the Republican nominee. And I think there's a, there's a number of reasons for that. I, I, I think that while Democratic-leaning prosecutors in in state cases and federal cases and in cases involving his business and personal life are, are well motivated and are pursuing important Democratic principles and important points of law, I, I do wonder will they rue the day that they adopted this approach because it is generated huge publicity for him. Uh, He's quite a showman. He's used this new stage uh, very effectively. Um, He's someone who has a capacity throughout his his short political career, because he's only uh, in politics about eight years or so. Uh, He's shown a capacity to, to marshal negative coverage that would bury another person or humiliate another person, marshalling it to his advantage. And I think, therefore, he's a very dangerous uh, opponent for anyone who seeks to up against him. I think the challenge for Nikki Haley is, I mean, she could, in theory, win New Hampshire. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of favourable wins for her in New Hampshire. Uh, despite that in poll, she's, she's still not there. Um, I think she needed a decisive uh, second place showing in Iowa to give her momentum, to give her endorsements and to give her more donations to mount a credible challenge in New Hampshire. I think the challenge for New Hampshire and and a Republican candidate is that it allows, uh, its state law allows independents and Democratic voters to participate uh, in the Republican primaries and indeed vice versa. I think that's a huge challenge because I think the Republican base in other states who have different rules for their primaries and caucuses will probably see the New Hampshire result as illegitimate, as influenced by forces outside of their party. So whilst Nikki Haley looks really electable against Joe Biden and match polling, I think Republican hardcore supporters and Trump loyalists, they don't want to compromise on policy. They don't want to compromise on ideology. And they would prefer a narrower path to victory, uh, you know, other than Haley, if, if it means that these kind of these key issues that they don't want to compromise on remain the same. Okay, we do have to leave it there, but it looks very much like we're set for uh, a rematch of the 2020 US presidential election. Sean, thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts and expertise with us on that and joining us on this morning's programme. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. That's the political commentator, Sean McKiernan, with us on Tuesday's Morning Focus.